Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to Healing the Whole Person, our weekly show at 3 o'clock every Thursday on here on WSFI FM 88.5 Catholic Radio. And uh, we, my name is Susie McGinn, your uh, hostess today, but our special guest and presenter today is a familiar voice, but maybe new to some of you. Uh, I know he'll have some wonderful things to tell us. Father J. Michael Sparrow, S.J. He's the retreat and spiritual director at the Bellarmine Re Jesuit Retreat House in Barrington. He holds a doctorate of ministry from St. Mary of the Lake in Mundelein, Illinois, and an MFA from Yale School of Drama. He is the founder of Caris, a Jesuit young adult ministry, and trained spiritual directors at Loyola University, Chicago. A prolific writer and speaker, Father Michael has published extensively on prayer, discernment, and the sacraments. And he is a featured speaker monthly on this program, WSFI 88.5 FM's Healing the Whole Person. Welcome, Father Michael. Thank you. Thank you, Susie. Yeah, I'm our, delighted to be with you. Our subject today is going to be spiritual practices during the pandemic most timely, and I'm sure we'll have some encouraging words for our listeners. So here in Illinois, we have the shelter-at-home uh, rule that is in place while the pandemic has been spreading across our city, across our nation, and across the world. And these are challenging times for so many because we're not able to get to church, we're not able to participate in the Eucharist. People can't go to confession. Uh, they can't gather with our prayer groups. So many of the, of the ways that we rely on our own uh, spiritual nourishment are not available to us. So I thought it would be helpful for us to be able to reflect on, well, what is available to us and how do we continue to grow closer to the Lord in the midst of this. Um, let me offer just a few opening comments, kind of put things in perspective, and then uh, Susie and I will uh, have a dialogue about this because I know Susie has a lot of thoughts on this as well. Um, the first thing I want to say is that this pandemic is taking place in the context of Lent. I return to that over and over again. Lent is a time of spiritual purification. It's a time of spiritual discipline. Uh, and these hardships are happening in the midst of this season of purification. And Lent, as we know, is a time of preparation for Easter. It, it's not uh, purification for the sake of purification. It's not discipline for the sake of discipline. It's so that we can able to enter into the victory of Jesus's conquering sin and death more fully. Let's keep that in mind. Number one is we're uniting our sufferings with the sufferings of Jesus so that we can unite ourselves with the joy and the victory of Jesus in Easter more fully. Whether we're able to go to church on Easter Sunday or not, we're going to be celebrating Jesus's victory because it's not like, is Jesus going to win? Is he, is he not going to win? What's the outcome? <laughs> no, the, the outcome is assured. Jesus has already died and has been raised by the Father. He's won the victory. The question is, are we going to align ourselves with him in the midst of that? That's point number one. This is taking place in the context of Lent. Mm -hmm. Number two. Three, uh, three points, and then Susie, I'll uh, invite your comment. Right. Point number two is this time of fasting 
from the sacraments uh, where marriages are not allowed to take place in a, in a church. Funeral masses are not allowed to take place in a, in a church. I just had a burial service uh, for a dear friend of mine who uh, died this past week and we couldn't celebrate a funeral mass. We're going to have to do that later. We, of course, uh, are allowed to bury the dead and we had a a prayer service and a, a vigil at the at the graveside, but no funeral masses. Uh, we can't gather uh, to celebrate baptisms. We can't gather to celebrate the Eucharist uh, in church. We can't gather to come and to confess our sin, which is so much a part of the practice of of Lent. And yet, I, I, in the midst of that, this fasting from the sacraments that none of us would have predicted on Ash Wednesday, I believe is making our hearts grow fonder of a deeper appreciation for the gift, the gift of the sacraments. How many of us fall into the attitude of, oh, it's Sunday, I gotta go to mass again. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah, okay, I guess, I guess I better go to confession, yeah. No, not having the sacraments available makes us aware, keenly aware of what a gift they are given to us by Christ through the church to help us grow spiritually. Point number two, gratitude for the sacraments. Mm -hmm. And point number three, I believe this is a time in our lifetime of unprecedented invitation to grow, to grow closer to Jesus. Not since the not since World War II, not since the, the Great Depression, have we faced a worldwide catastrophe uh, that is unfolding. Uh, I live with uh, an older Jesuit priest, Father Jim Gishwin, who is 86 years old, and, and he can remember the rationing that went on in the midst of the Depression and in the midst of World, world War II. Uh, but short of the older seniors in our midst, the rest of us don't have any memory of this. This, this has not taken place during our lifetime. In an event like this, that has engulfed the whole world. And in the midst of that, it's this unprecedented invitation to say God is God and we are not, as we realize the fragility of our medical system. We realize the fragility of our economic system. We realize the fragility of our politics. We realize the fragility of human life. It's this unprecedented invitation to realize God is God and we are not. So those three opening points, this is happening during Lent, gratitude for the sacraments, and it's an unprecedented invitation. And in the midst of that, we're left with this question, then, well, how do we, how, how do we continue to grow closer to the Lord? Right. I think uh, the, your second point, Father, oh, before I f we go on, I, I want to mention that with us here in the studio today is Patricia and Angela. So uh, you may hear their voices, uh, everybody uh, chiming in here. I hope so. But um, I want to go to your second point regarding um, the absence of uh, the sacraments and all that we're accustomed. We've gotten spoiled. I, I always say uh, <laughs> I'm the richest lady in the world because God has given me himself in so many ways. He, does, he has denied me nothing. And I, I, mean, I didn't come to that realization as a small person. It's something that's come over the years. But I think that if we bathe our, all our problems our, and all the good things that we feel happen to us, everything in in thanksgiving in gratitude that that is where that fear will leave and the peace will come and it, it reminds me of that that verse in philippians 4 where it says be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving 
Make your requests known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, to me, that, that says it all as far as our, the kind of attitude we need to have, uh, just to, to add to your fine words, Father. And it is an invitation, as you said, to grow closer to Jesus during this time. So we want to talk about some of the ways that um, we can do that and maybe inspire a few people to uh, some new things, give them some new, fresh ideas and how they can grow in the Lord. Well said, Susie. Well, well said. Um, I'm... I, I love studying history because I think we can learn a lot from what has gone on before us. And uh, the sufferings that we're going through right now really, in many ways, pale in comparison what, with what uh, Christians before us have had to endure. If we, I keep coming back to the fact that for the first 300 years of Christianity, it was illegal to be a Christian throughout the entire Roman Empire, which was the major military force. If you declared yourself a Christian, you'd be thrown to the lions, you'd have your head lopped off, you'd be, you'd be stripped of all your possessions, you'd be separated from your, your family, you'd be crucified. And yet in the midst of that, Christianity grew and, and could not be, be stopped. It was this holy virus. I was thinking of times in the Japanese church in the midst of tremendous persecution of the Christians that began it, it, around the year 1597. The most famous example was the 26 martyrs of Nagasaki. Uh, from the year 1597 until the year 1853, it was illegal to be a Christian. And if you came out, you, you would be uh, you'd be tortured and, and killed. And yet in the midst of that, the underground church in Japan continued to grow. Another vivid example of that, perhaps an even better example, is the Korean church. In the midst of the 18th century, they were without a priest, Catholic, this is Catholic Christians in Korea, were, were without a priest or a Eucharist. Yeah. For a hundred years of persecution, there were 10,000 martyrs up until the year 1886. And yet, when the Korean peninsula was open to Catholic priests and they came back, they were amazed to find that the Catholic Christian community was thriving and was alive and well in the Korean church. Isn't that amazing? Praise God, the Holy Spirit can't be put down. <laughs> yes. And I was talking about this at, at dinner with uh, two other Jesuits I live with, Father Jim, whom I mentioned, and uh, Father Rick McGurn, who's an American-Irish uh, Jesuit. And he was talking about, well, don't forget the British persecution of the Irish with the penal laws. Uh, which the persecution of the Catholic Church began, of course, with Henry VIII as early as the year 1534, and the penal laws were not relaxed somewhat until the 1770s. And yet, in the midst of that, the Irish didn't give up their, their Catholic roots. They hunkered down, and they became all, all the more firm in their belief. Now, two key graces that the Korean church, the Japanese church, and the Irish church uh, drew on, one, especially in Japan and Korea, was the Bible. <laughs> they read their Bible, and Susie, I, I know the scripture has been so much a part of your own spirituality and your own rebirth into a deeper spirituality. We have, the, we have the opportunity to be able to crack open our Bibles every day and read the Word of God. Oh, absolutely. And one of the, th the beautiful things I thought that uh, I always learned that came out of the Second Vatican Council, which really blessed me, was that God is fully present both in the Word and the Eucharist. And um, 
you know, I, as a lot of times people have heard my story here, I did have a, a conversion experience within my faith. I never left the church, but I had a renewal of my faith when I was 29 years old. And the thing that happened, many things happened, and my world went 180 degrees spiritually, but the, the most, one of the most beautiful things was when I heard the word, it just, I mean, it just quickened in me, and it came alive. And um, I heard a, um, a talk one time on the, the uh, Beatitudes, and the priest said, being poor in spirit is being hungry for God. And that's what happened. I was hungry for the word. And I'm sure that these people were too. And that's what kept them, their, their faith alive. Because they didn't have the Eucharist. They didn't have a priest. But they had the scriptures. And that's how God kept faithful to them. Yes. And one of the dangers that we've heard a lot about recently is clericalism, which is saying that the church belongs to the priests. And that error was soundly addressed in the Second Vatican Council of say, saying, no, all of us are called to holiness. It's a universal call to, to holiness. And I think one of the benefits of this time of not being able to gather and celebrate Eucharist is this invitation for every one of us to take our own spiritual development seriously. It's to say, okay, I can't go to Mass on Sunday and gather with the rest of the Christian community, but I can pray in the privacy of my home. I can read the Word of God. There's so many spiritual practices. I can pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. I can pray the Rosary. The rosary especially uh, was so much a part of the Irish spirituality. Uh, that's why uh, the Irish have been so famous for propagation of, of the rosary, because they couldn't get to Mass. Right. It, was, it was a rare and special occasion when a priest could be snuck in and then they could, they could gather in clandestine uh, spot to be able to celebrate the, the Mass. But they, but they could... They could celebrate and, and pray the mysteries of the rosary. And the rosary, properly understood, is actually a biblical meditation because we're meditating on the life of Christ. We're yes. meditating on the life of, of, of Mary. The scriptural rosary is very beautiful, too. That is something somebody, people, some people might be able to make themselves aware of. It, it's also on our phones and our computers, uh, the, uh, all different kinds of rosaries and different ways of praying it. There's like the Laudate app, L-A-U-D-A-T-E. And um, there they have many different chaplets and rosaries. Uh, today I listened to one that's brand new. It was based um, from Saint, the St. Saint Luke tradition. And it was on the saints and how they saw each of the mysteries today being the luminous mysteries so there are there are uh, just uh, an infinite number of ways of of reaching our lady because she makes herself so accessible and so i i do encourage people to go online and look up these different ways of praying the rosary and they lead you in the rosary it is it's very edifying to me and uh and i'm sure it would be to other people as well yes yeah. the uh let me just mention and uh i also work with an organization called heart to heart and on our website heartoheart.org uh we have uh, a guided meditation on all of the uh, mysteries of the rosaries, all, all four sets uh, that I recorded in conjunction with a oh, dear yeah. priest friend of mine, Father Jim Willig. Uh, and there's an extended meditation on the luminous mysteries that's uh, available on that website as well. So, Susie, you introduced to us what all of us are very aware of, is we, we can't gather physically, but we have been g gathering virtually. Right. Uh, yesterday at uh, WSFI, we were able to have a mass that was broadcast. Uh, today we're having 
this broadcast. Um, and we had what a, a mass gift. today too, what? Father. At at one thirty today, there was a mass. So people can listen all the time, yes. and uh, every day we have something. Uh, many prayers prayed, the rosary and the chaplets, and um, you know, as well as the mass and and uh, the beautiful mass that you said and the beauty, your beautiful homily yesterday, which we hope to make available to people online uh, shortly. But um, that there's such richness. Let's. Uh, what about some other things, Father? Other places we can. Uh, go to for that yes so tuning in of course on the radio with WSFI and also relevant radio of course is a is a great resource yes going going online so many parishes are streaming their masses it's it's a wonderful opportunity uh, to be able to uh, without going out of your home to be able to go to many different parishes and celebrate masses with different priests and different congregations uh, around the city and around the country. Uh, Bishop Barron is uh, streaming his, his mass each day that's available. Right. On uh, television, of, yeah. of course, we can take advantage of EWTN right. or going on the internet. There's a tremendous number of resources through Shalom World TV right. as, as well. Yes, and in fact, EWTN has it on three times a day, so we don't have an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're right, and I noticed that even a, a mass from St. Patrick's Cathedral last Sunday was on Fox News. They 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 uh, broadcast that, so it's it's on many many uh, uh, stations, and the media is cooperating in many ways to bring our church and our practice, our faith, our masses, and the sacraments back to us as best they can. Uh, so we, uh, you know, the, one of the things that Pope St. John Paul II said, which uh, he said when, at the advent of the, of the, the um, what do I want to say, the electronic, the internet world, um, he said, use the media. He said, use electronics to spread the word of God. Use it as an evangelistic tool. And that's what we're doing right now. And, and, and this is what we're, he called us to do. And it's, it's so powerful, and so many people use it today. It's that um, it, it's hard to avoid. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. yes. In, in addition to the masses and the radio broadcasts, uh, there are a number of daily meditations that are sent out. Uh, I do a daily video uh, meditation called Seeds of Hope that uh, I recorded with Shalom World TV. That's again available at heartoheart.org, Seeds of Hope. Uh, Bishop Barron sends out a, a daily commentary on the scripture. Uh, Matthew Kelly through Dynamic Catholic has been reflecting on various saints uh, th throughout the day. So there's lots of of wonderful resources out there that we can take advantage of. Absolutely, and I'm sure you can all hear that familiar music. We're going to take a short break here and then I'll be back with you on Healing the Whole Person with Father Michael Sparrow. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. A prayer for deliverance with Father John 
Regis, the rector of the National Shrine of St. Maximilian Kolbe at Marytown. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, we just ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit to come down upon us, the intercession of Our Lady and of all the saints and angels, and we come against any influence of the occult or the New Age that might have infiltrated any of our listeners, their children, their grandchildren, their nieces, nephews, brothers, and sisters, and families, and we bind Satan and all of his minions in any way that have bound any of these individuals or their families in this occult practices, and we invoke Mother Mary also in all the saints, and in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, I just break all bounds and all influences of the new age upon any one of our listeners, and may they be broken in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May He send upon them the grace of the Holy Spirit to free them, and may our Mother Mary place her motherly mantle to protect them and crush the head of the evil one as she was promised to do so in Genesis after the fall. Amen. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Welcome back. This, my name is Susie McGinn, and our uh, guest today is Father Michael Sparrow uh, on healing the whole person. And our su- subject is spiritual practices during the pandemic. And so we were talking at the end of the last segment about the uh, various resources that we have on the internet uh, and on television and radio that uh, can uh, encourage our faith and um, put to death our fears at this time. So Father, um, you were talking about um, you do a daily podcast, Seeds of Hope, is that correct? Uh, it, it's a YouTube video, actually, oh, YouTube is what it is. Okay. Uh, it goes about uh, five minutes each each day. It's a little inspirational story, and then has some reflection questions. Good, and it's it's just called. So they should look up YouTube and then Seeds of Hope, and that it'll come well, up there. The easy, easiest thing is to just go to heartoheart.org, H-E-A-R-T O. H-E-A-R-T, heartoheart.org. And then right right on there, you can sign up for the Seeds of Hope, which is, uh, and then once we hit Easter, we're going to go into Seeds of Joy, where there will be 50 stories. Uh, These will be audio stories from Easter to Pentecost Uh to help us deepen our appreciation of Easter. Okay. And um, what is um, Dynamic Catholic? What is, I have not heard of that. Uh, Matthew Kelly is the founder of Dynamic Catholic. Uh, it uh, He has a phenomenal reach. He sends out a daily meditation. And during Lent, I, I understand that he has close to a million, a million people that's oh. listening uh, online to his reflections. Oh. They send out uh, uh, daily reflections. Uh, they've uh, taken over the Christ Renews His Parish program. Uh, they have a wonderful confirmation program. They have a book uh, program that has been widely uh, distributed throughout many of the Catholic parishes throughout the country. Uh, they provide world-class resources to uh, parishes uh, around the world to help renew our Catholic faith. Uh-huh. So what would be the, the link for people to, to listen to that dynamic uh, Catholic? Would it be? Uh, just uh, Google Dynamic Catholic, okay. and it'll come it'll right come up. come up. All it right, does. very good. Um, one of the um, daily uh, podcasts that I like personally um, is something from your brother priests in uh, England called Pray As You Go. Yes. And um, the, the short uh, uh a word for that is page p-a-y-g but it's pray as you go and they take one of the scriptures from our mass readings for each day and do a meditation and some beautiful music and it just lasts maybe 10 or 12 minutes and uh, i find that 
that really um, helps me prepare for Mass. And one of the things I do before, because I like to read the scriptures before I go to Mass or listen to Mass, even on television, so that I'm, I'm prepared for what is going to be read and what the homily will be about. And uh, so it, I think it, by the time I get to church, I've listened to the gospel about three times, but it, I don't think you can hear it too often. <laughs> I guess I'm such a fanatic. Uh, huh? <laughs> that, that, uh, Susie, I, th- I think that you make a great point. I mean, how many of our sports fans and WSFI you know, love love sports. We'll study the stats before we go to the game. We'll know all about who's pitching the game, who are the star hitters, uh, both for the opposition team as well as the home team. We'll do all of that in preparation for either watching watching a game or going to a game live, because it enhances our ability to be able to appreciate. Uh, what's going on right well in exactly this exactly the same way yeah. reading the scriptures ahead of time studying them pondering them preparing our own little homily comparing our homily to the priest's homily right uh, uh, deepens our our appreciation because we're saying okay yeah father i thought of that one no i didn't think of that oh father you missed this one i thought of that <laughs> you know you compare compare your homily right. to the priest's homily and it it deepens our appreciation for the word of god and helps us enter in more fully uh into the experience of celebrating the mass and that's right. true in a live experience and it's now true in a virtual experience as well right and the um, booklets, like uh, the little uh, magazine, if you want to call it that, um, is like Magnificat. Many people have subscribed to that. Yeah. And not only do they have the scripture readings for the day, but it's almost like um, uh, a, a little office each day. They have prayers for the morning, and then they have the readings for the mass for the day, and a meditation, uh, which is always very beautiful. Uh, and then prayers for the evening. So I, that's another uh, resource I would recommend for preparation for Mass or just as a daily spiritual reading. It's very powerful. Yes, and there are uh, several several of, of those that make the readings available. Magnificat is the fullest expression. Uh, there's also a resource that I use, which is Living with Christ, that has the readings a short meditation and and some prayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little less expensive than Magnificat, uh, but also a, a great resource. Uh-huh. And another one is um, the Word Among Us. The Word Among Us, and, right? Uh, is, that is so, less expensive, I think, also. And it also it's a little shorter meditation, but they they have a meditation on on one of the scriptures of the day, and uh, many people use that uh, in their devotions. Yes. And, and, and so in this time where we're sheltered at home, we have additional time. And I would just urge our listeners to take some of that. Yes, take advantage of these online resources and listen to the radio and inspirational television. Uh, but don't miss the opportunity to take quiet time. Right. Just go into the silence of your soul and enter into a deeper communion with Jesus. Our lives are so frenetic these days, and the opportunity and the gift that's given here is to slow down, to spend time with your family, husbands and wives actually to talk to each other, parents to talk to their children, children to talk to their parents, to spend some time praying together, playing together, eating together, and then to take some private time to just be with Jesus in in the quiet of your heart. That's part of the gift of this discipline. The the other point I want to make that I think is really critical here is the social distancing and the sheltering at home is difficult. This is a discipline. But if we think of this as part of our Lenten practice 
we can't go out and go to the movies. We can't go to the to go to the restaurants. We can't do a lot of the fun things interacting with with our our friends face face to face. Here in Chicago, Mayor Lightfoot was saying, "Please, just because the weather is nice, don't go out and and uh, play basketball or soccer." We really have to take this social distancing seriously if we're going to flatten the curve in the spread of this pandemic. And that's not just a health discipline, that's a spiritual discipline. That's right. That's right. That's offered for the sake of the greater good. We Americans are traditionally so independent and so focused on me and my own pleasure and my own needs. Well, this is a time where we're being called to do this together. The only way if we're going to protect and safeguard the health and safety of our nation is all of us pulling together and cooperating with that. Right. And that's a spiritual discipline. And... Many commentators have said, offer that suffering and unite it to the sufferings of Jesus. That's, that's what helps us grow closer to him when we recognize there is a suffering here. There is a discipline. And some of us are going to get sick and some are actually going to die. But in the midst of that, to take that suffering, whether it's a small suffering or a great suffering, and unite that to Jesus. That's what helps us grow in holiness. Absolutely. Um, You know, another um, resource um, that I love is Eucharistic Adoration. And that's something that a lot of people feel that they're missing now because we can't, our churches are locked. However, for us, there is a, a place to go, and that is on your, on the internet, you Google Marytown live stream, and immediately it will come up a box where you could click on, and you can be hook right into the chapel, and you'll be facing our Lord in the Eucharist in that monstrance, and it's live. It's going on twenty four seven, so I think that is also a beautiful way to have that that quiet time you were talking about uh, father there i always remember a story of a of a, an old man years ago who used to come to the a church every day that had eucharistic adoration and he would just sit there for an hour and nobody he never talked to anyone no one knew who he was but finally someone had the courage to go up and say you know who are you what what are you doing and he said i'm just sitting here looking at Jesus, and he's looking at me. And uh, they said, well, what do you say to him? You just say, he says, I just say, hi, it's me, Jim. And that's all he says. And he said he'd sat there for an hour every day, every day, and he had just a glow, uh, you know, being in the presence of our Lord. And so we can do that. There it is, like like the Pope said, use the media, use electronics. We can live stream our Lord in the Eucharist, the greatest gift he gave us himself, body, yes. blood, soul, and divinity. And um, to me, that's a thrill. <laughs> yes, yes. And just building on that, Susie, when we attend Mass virtually or we're uh, in adoration virtually, uh, to offer a spiritual communion. Yes. Uh, and there are various prayers that are online that can be prayed, or you can make up your own prayer. But the essence of that is to say, Jesus, I believe that you are truly present. And even though I can't be physically in your presence right now, or sacramentally in your, in your presence, I can't receive you, I can't worship you sacramentally, I can in the depth of my soul, because I believe that you are here present and that you love me. I, I think of that wonderful story of the Roman centurion in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 8. And the centurion came to Jesus and said, my servant is sick to the point of death. And Jesus said, I'll come to your house and I'll, I'll heal him. 
And the centurion said, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only say the word, only say the word, and my servant will be healed. We echo those words at every Mass just before we receive communion. And I think they're particularly poignant at this time when we're receiving a spiritual communion or we're in spiritual adoration. Lord, I, I can't be physically present, but I believe that all you need to do is say the word and you will come into my heart, that I will be united with you. I will be in deep communion with you. My faith is that, is that strong. Absolutely. Um, Father, um, would you tell us a little bit about the Jesuit the Ignatian Daily Examine? Would you just go over that with uh, us and um, our listeners, uh, just to refresh us a little bit? It's a wonderful way, I know, to close the day. Yes. So for many months on WSFI, uh, we've been praying this five-part daily examine prayer. The essence of it is very simple. It's just taking a few moments, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, to review your day. And in, is simply asking, what has brought me closer to the Lord and what separated me from the Lord? There are various ways of, of, of doing that, but the heart of it, if you keep that in mind, then you won't get lost. The heart of it is, what's brought me closer to the Lord and what's distanced me? Step number one, the five steps that, that I teach, like you have five fingers on your hand, uh, think of your thumb. <laughs> N number one, it's just recognize we're in the presence of God. We're always in the presence of, of God. There's nowhere where we can go, says Psalm 139. If I go to the highest mountain, if I go to the depths of the ocean, you're there. I'm always in the presence of God recognize we're in the presence of God and invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts in a deeper way. Step number two, pray in gratitude. Pray in gratitude for the blessings of the day. Now you may say, well, it was a hard day. It was a tough day. There's no day that's so hard that it can't get worse. <laughs> Absolutely. So recognize there's a blessing in even the most difficult of days. What's been the blessing of the day? Savor those blessings. Don't count your blessings. Savor those blessings. Step number three, review your day. I, I especially like the method of reviewing your day by paying attention to your emotions. When was I happy? When was I sad? How was I when I got up in, in, in the morning? The negative feelings and the positive feelings, review those. And then step number four is talk to Jesus about those with words or without words, the positive feelings, the negative feelings, those that are shouting, that are saying, pay attention to me, pay attention to me, and those that are saying, don't look at me, don't look at me, those are the ones especially, <laughs> those that are shouting at you and those that are, are, are hiding in the corner. And talk to the Lord with words or without words as one friend to another. Talk and listen in the quiet of your heart. What is the Lord saying? Learn to interpret the voice of God speaking in your heart, singing in your soul. And the fifth and final step is to look forward to your future unafraid. What have I learned from today? What am I anticipating tomorrow? Or if you're doing it in the middle of the day, what's, what's coming up for the rest of the day? So five steps, number one, we're in the presence of God, inviting the Holy Spirit, pray in gratitude, review your day with special attention to your emotions, pray from those emotions, positively and negatively, praying meaning speaking to the Lord and listening, with or without words, and then look forward to your future, unafraid. What have I learned? What do I need to apply to my day? Mm -hmm. St. Ignatius believed that that was the most important personal prayer we could pray each day because it's not simply praying another prayer, it's turning our lives into a prayer. Right. And you know, the, the word that sticks out to me in that is daily examine. You know, when we pray the Our Father, we say, give us this day our daily bread, not our weekly, not our monthly bread, but our daily bread. 
We want to be fed each day. And our Lord wants to hear from us every day, and he wants to speak to us every day. And so, you know, the, uh, I know you're familiar with the AA program, and a lot of people are, but they say if you uh, focus on yesterday or tomorrow and you worry about what is going to hap- what happened or what might happen, you're going to ruin today. You're going to miss everything that God wants to teach you for today. So this, I think, is a fulfillment of that. That daily examine really uh, speaks to that, focusing on God's blessings today. Like you said, don't count them. Enjoy them. Thank God for them. And, um, you know, there's just so many miracles in our lives. And one of the biggest is the forgiveness of sin that will come with that daily examine as well. And then the freedom and the lack of fear and the peace that comes from that. And, you know, I, I was thinking about the fear, Father. I think it's something maybe we should just discuss shortly here. A lot of people are afraid, and, the, and I'm afraid that a lot of the things they watch on television is engendering that fear. Yeah, uh, it it does it. They do it all the time. It's not just this virus, but through the advertising and marketing of of products, uh, all the time. They want that's the way they get people's attention. And um, one of the th- beautiful scriptures that um, I was reminded of today was that God doesn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And sometimes people call that common sense. So what is really happening? Where are you right now, you know? And can you thank God for this moment? Because he isn't surprised to see us here. He created us to live during this time. He isn't going to abandon us. He's using us to be his instrument this very moment, this very day. And I, I think that we need to see that and look at it that way, that it is n- not fear of the unknown. Uh, was it Teddy Roosevelt that said the only thing to fear is fear itself? Well, am I right? Is that the right person? <laughs> I was Franklin Roosevelt. Franklin yeah. Roosevelt, thank you. So, Susie, let, let me just mention in that regard, uh, another one of the my favorite scriptures in that regard is perfect love casts out all fear. Yes. And at, at this time where we can't get to confession face to face, I, I, I want to mention just in the closing moments here, that uh, Pope Francis has issued a special decree as of March 20th, uh, offering a special plenary indulgence, which is a full remission of the temporal uh, punishment due to sin, to any Catholic affected by the virus, to healthcare workers and their families, to those who pray for an end of the epidemic, and to all those who die without access to the sacraments. And those first three categories, Catholics affected by the virus, healthcare workers, and those who are praying for the end of the epidemic, the indulgence can be obtained if a person is sorry for their sin, they make a perfect act of contrition, which is sorrow for sin with full love of Jesus, and then a person prayerfully watches the celebration of the Mass online, or, recit- or recites the rosary, or practices the way of the cross, or some other holy devotion. This is extraordinary of the church taking the graces, the bank of graces, and saying, at this time, these extraordinary opportunities where people can't go to confession, the church is going to supply. The Latin phrase is ecclesia suplet. The church is going to supply and give you this extra grace, even though you can't get to the to the sacrament, right. but uh, make a, a, a perfect act of contrition and uh, either pray the mass or a rosary or the way of the cross or other holy devotions. And in the case of a person who is near death and unable to receive the sacraments because of the isolation measures, the decree says that they can obtain the adult indulgence at the point of death as long as they have recited some prayers during their life. Mm -hmm. So this is extraordinary grace being given. And it 
it helps to calm that fear right. <laughs> that the yes. church is about Absolutely. mercy. Yes. It's not about it's not about judgment. It's not about condemnation. It's about helping us being in touch with the great mercy that is in the heart of our God. Yes. Tell us a, a little bit in closing about the Divine Mercy Chaplet at this time. So we opened our broadcast with this beautiful devotion uh, that was given to Jesus, uh, given through Jesus to Sister Faustina. And uh, she was a Polish nun who lived uh, in a little town just about 35-minute drive away from Auschwitz, which was one of the worst Jewish concentration camps in World War II. And Jesus said, my heart is filled with compassion and mercy. And he gave us a special devotion to pray, especially at the hour of divine mercy, three o'clock, where the scriptures say Jesus expired on the cross. Thank you very much. And we must pray that for all those who we know are near death or may, may be, even those we don't know. And so thank you, Father. Will you give us your blessing before we sign off here? Lord Jesus, during these times where the whole world is aware of our vulnerability, we turn to you, our source of love and strength. Jesus, we trust in you. We entrust our families, our friends, our communities, our nation, our church, our entire world, into your hands. We believe that your heart is the heart of mercy. Help us to trust you less, trust you more and fear you less. Trust you more and fear you less. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you very much. Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.